everybody. 2020 is over. It was an interesting year, wasn't it? Hallelujah. We lived through it, guys. We survived it. We came out on the other side stronger and better. Amen? I believe that with all my heart. You know, it, there were things, and we can dwell on the, the ugly if we want, but I like to focus on the, the good stuff. Um, and, and in this country, in this world, there, there was a lot of stuff that went on, and there was a lot of good stuff. You know, uh, people mumbled, and, and I think I got to speak back in July, and, and when they were closing churches and stopping churches from, from meeting in different states and different places, and I was just excited, because I knew that if, if the government tried to shut down the churches, that the rocks would cry out. And they sure did, didn't they? You know, folks like Sean Foyt and, and others took the gospel into the streets, into the beaches, into the parks. 
You know, in, in order to do it in some places, they had to call it a protest worship. What an awesome thing, huh? The rocks might look different than I thought they were going to look because I was physically seeing rocks shouting out along the beaches in California. But God used men and women of God that, that are following after his heart to, to jump up and, and fill in those spaces and, and let his name be glorified. Folks were getting saved and, and uh, baptized and washed in the spirit right there on the beaches and in the parks. It's an awesome time to be alive, wasn't it? What a year. What the enemy tried to use for a, a foul smell in the land, God has turned into good. And, and we've got to focus on that. You know, I, I thank Pastor David for this opportunity. And Shirley, thank you, David. For, uh, I, I'm sure you're watching. If not, you'll watch it later. Um, for this opportunity, I, I, I appreciate you, the trust that you have in me to come up here and, and kick the new year off like this. I, I'm just so honored. I, I honor you. I thank you. I, I recognize, you know... Um, uh, our, our second oldest son just uh, wrote an op-ed, and, and it was printed in the, uh, yeah, I'm going to be a proud papa for a minute. The uh, Philadelphia Inquirer about uh, leadership. And what Pastor David is showing here this morning is, is leadership. We might not recognize it right away and say, well, he's not even here. Well, he's been saying for a while, I've heard him say it, that if you're not feeling well, stay home. You know, it's okay. We don't have to have a religious spirit that we have to be in church every week. You know, we, we just need to worship God. And if we need to worship God from home because we, we might feel a little bit off, then go ahead and do it. Don't, don't carry any guilt into that. And, and, you know, if he's going to encourage us to do it, and then he'll turn around and do it, that's true leadership, folks. You know, that's, that's what it's about. And, and uh, if you want to read it, I'll, I'll uh, send you the uh, article that my son, the op-ed that my son put out. And, and you know, God's anointing, I, I'm going to share, you know, I, I'll get back to that. But um, it, it's, Pastor David called me yesterday and told me this, that he was feeling a little under weather. Would I um, speak this morning? And, and I, my, my spirit leapt because God's been placing something on my heart for a while. And I, I'm, I've been praying and asking God, am I, am I supposed to, is this for me or am I supposed to release this? What's, what's the, what is this? And, you know, I, I, was, I almost called him on Friday and asked him if he'd let me do a 10-minute sermon. So we might get done early today, folks, because <laughs> it, was, it was a 10-minute sermon. You know, it was, it was short. And, and I, I, I had a hectic day yesterday. And, and I didn't really get to even start studying until last night to see if I could see what else God might want to pack onto the edges of this thing. So, so we could get out of here early today. We might beat everybody to the diner. I, I'm serious. I, I'm so serious. Because I, as, I, as I was packing things on, I'm, I'm sort of thinking, is this just me packing junk on? You know, We don't need to pack junk on to what God has for us. We just need to step into what he's got and go with it. And, and that's what I'm going to do in a minute. But I want to reflect because it is the first uh, Sunday of a new year here. Um, it, it, it's an, an awesome time. I, I, I just got to stop and pray first. And, and I, first, I want to thank those that are watching online. We welcome you. We, we just ask Holy Spirit to come into your presence. We just release you, Holy Spirit, to everyone that's, that's viewing online. And for all of you that are here, I just release Holy Spirit into you. The worship team was awesome this morning, brought us into the presence. I, I, I wish I had the kind of mind that I could remember the songs, and, but they were so uh, on point this morning. And, and they just directed us into, into his presence. So, Father, we thank you for your, your awesome presence presence here this morning.
We just give you the glory and honor for this new year that you've launched us into, Father. It's already the third, Father, so we, we just thank you for the, this beginning that you've given us. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. More, Holy Spirit, just come on this place, Father. Give me your words, not my words. Let me not pack on stuff of mine, but bring all of you into here this morning, Holy Spirit, and just release you in, into this new year. And I thank you, Father. Give you all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Okay, 2020. I, I, I'm, I'm for the country. Uh, you know, the, it, it didn't. Things looked ugly. You know, some things were. But I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't want to dwell on those. And, and I, I got so busy in my life, even though we were supposed to shut down and do all of this crazy stuff and, and not go out and sequester in or whatever they wanted to call it. God just moved in so many ways. Our, our 2020 was, was incredible. And I'm going to share some of it because, uh, you, you know, it's, our relationship with the Holy Spirit needs to be personal. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it personal, and I'm going to share some personal stuff. I, I hope you don't mind. I, I'm not doing it from a place of, of uh, whatever. I, I just want to, I want to dwell on the good stuff. And, and as, as ugly as some things were, last year was so awesome for us. You know, we, we started out the beginning of the year, and, and, and many of you know, at the end of February, we were able to purchase Apple Hill Lodge over on, on Prayer Mountain, and, and that has been an incredible uh, blessing from the Lord to, to be able to do that. In, in, in fact, as we speak here this morning, um, even starting out this year, I, I just think this, to me, I, if you know me, you know that I have a heart for missions and you know, specifically certain places that God has given us to highlight, but it's the whole world, it's all the nations. And, and, and God is so good, he gives you like little glimpses of that. This morning as we sit here, I'm trying to remember now, I think there's five nations represented that, of folks that are visiting and, and staying at the lodge tonight, or last night. So that's, you know, I, I, I couldn't have arranged that. That's all God, you know, and, and some of them just showed up kind of and called at the last minute and, and folks want to come and, and, and take some time and, and uh, draw closer to the Lord to start this year out. And that's, that is a really, we all need to do that. Spend some time in our prayer closets and, and, and whatever that looks like for you. You know, for all of us, it's different, but you need, we need to do that and spend that time. And, and folks have just been drawn. We, we've got folks there from Korea, Taiwan, uh, I think the Philippines, and I think there's even some, some Virginians there that... <laughs> That's a country, right? Virginia? <clears throat> and, and even in addition to that, our, our, I, I gotta point you out, Faith, our beautiful, one of our uh, spiritual daughters from our time in Pennsylvania who lives in Texas is, is here with her. Where's your dog? Is he here? Is she here, outside? Okay. Awesome to have you visit um, and, and just begin the new year out with, with uh, friends and, and fellowship and, and encouragement. And that's what I want to do here. Uh, so we, we, we started out the year and, and you know, that was kind of the, the bang for us. And then two weeks later, things kind of slowed down because of, of what was going on in the world. But that didn't stop God. We've had an incredible year of, of ministry and, and seeing God move on folks through, through that ministry that we have there, and, and it's just been off the charts. I, I can't thank God enough. But it, but it got even better. Um, 
I wish I could even remember the date. We, our, our third grandson was born at, in uh, the spring. And, and then in, in August, we got to travel up to Philadelphia and go to uh, his uh, baptism in the, uh, our son and, and daughter-in-law are um, Christian Orthodox. And if you've never been to an Orthodox service, go sometime. Go. I mean, it's, it's a picture of what our walk is supposed to be like. I, you know, I, I, for me, it, it's a struggle. I, I'm, I, I struggle. Get, I'm, I'm just being honest. Getting through liturgy. It's, liturgy is different for me. My son finds the presence in, in the liturgy. So God bless him. But the, the baptism, I wish my wife was here so she could explain because she does it such, so much better than I do. Of, and, and actually, I got distracted because what they do in, in the Orthodox church is the kids are, they, they bring the kids right into the service. There's no Sunday school. They're, they sit right there with the, with, in the service. And um, God bless my son and daughter-in-law. My, my grandkids are just like my son was when he was that age, hyperactive and all over the place. And, and I'm trying to pay attention to the, to the, the service and, and see the baptism and... and and it's just impossible because my, my one grandson is just uncontainable. And I, I, I'm doing my best not to have him disturb the whole thing, so I didn't get to catch a lot of it. But it's, it's, it's really interesting. They start out in the, in the, in the foyer, the vestibule, and, and they, they go through this thing, and they actually spit on the devil on the floor right there. I'm not kidding you. This is what they do. And, and isn't that a picture of what we need to do? We just need to spit on Satan and get, and, and get him under our feet. Then, then they take and they stamp him and, you know, th this is what we need to do. You know, it's such a picture. And then they, they go through the whole thing and the priest is actually singing the, the, the ceremony. And, and they, they take the child and they dunk him in the water. And, and as, as they dunk my grandson into the water, he reached up and, and he grabbed one of the candles. They have candles around the, uh, the, the baptismal there. And, and the priest was like, I, all my years of doing this, I'd never had a child grab the lit candle. I thought, hallelujah, God, you've got something in store for this baby. I don't know what it is, Lord, but I just bless that into that child. I speak it over that child that whatever the power and might that you've got on his life, you just release it into him. And it's important that we speak those things over our kids and our grandkids. Amen. <clears throat> So, so that was, you know, that, that, that was uh, by August, and, and things were just really uh, busy in our life at that point. And, and we were supposed to go to uh, Kenya and minister and do a pastor's conference there. And because of, of everything that's going on, we, we, were, we kept postponing it and putting it off and putting it off to, to try and, and hope things got better in the world that we were able to get out. And, and you know, we, we, we sit here, and, and I know some of you have masks on, and, and I've got one right here in my pocket. So when we get done and I pray for folks, if me, I'm going to put it on just to make you comfortable. I, I'm... I'm not a fan of masks, although I have to tell you, at the beginning of this thing, my wife and I spent time in Asia, and every winter, as soon as it would get cold and there would be flu in the air, guess what? Probably 70% of the people would be wearing masks. So when this whole thing started, I'm like, why aren't we, wearing, why aren't we just wearing masks? And, and now I'm complaining because they're making me wear it, but I got to repent. You know, it, it, it's simple. It, it, we, we just need to do the stuff. We just need to be careful, that's all. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to focus on, on, the, on the good stuff. So we, you know, we, we, we had to keep postponing. And, and in, in the meantime, we, I, was, I was ready to give up and just put it off until January. I'll be honest with you. I, I, was, 
I, I was so busy with things that I had going on in my life with the lodge and ministry and, and just the, the physical uh, upkeep and that kind of stuff that needed to be done. It was, it was just a struggle. And I thought, well, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just plan on doing it in the spring. You know, the, the, the elections will be over and, and this stuff will be behind us and, and we'll just go. We'll just, we'll just move it off and we'll go. Because these pastors need training and we, we love them. We just want to get there and train on them. And then this one gentleman, and I want to give a shout out to Jimmy Walters. He was such a big help. Um, gave us a hand getting this thing done. And, and um, I don't know if he's going to watch this online, but I hope he does because he just really was, was not only was, was he there financially as we needed things to, to make this happen, he's the one that really said, hey, Mark, I've already taken the vacation time. Let's do this thing. And, and he made me step into it. And I've never done anything like this. We, we did a pastor's conference. There was only maybe 30 people, 30, 40 pastors, 50. I don't remember the, remember the number that were there for the conference. But we had uh, nine teachers from five states. And, and one gentleman uh, joined us from Australia to teach these pastors in, in the beginning of December. It was incredible, folks. I'm still getting reports. Uh, Michael Miller, who is not here today, but he's part of us, uh, helped out, and, and at the end he said he, found, he recognized that some of the folks didn't have Bibles. He sent extra money so that some of these folks could, could get Bibles, and, and they're still using these Bibles. It's, it's still, you know, that, that, that step of faith. Pastor David helped out from all of us is, is, is um, still uh, bearing fruit in Kenya, um, not just Kenya, but there's some pastors that were there from Uganda and from, um, what's that country below Kenya? Tanzania. So God is, is moving through, you know, all of this stuff. Um, Ricky also helped out. Thank you so much, Ricky. was an encouragement to us on, on doing this whole thing. You know, just a lot of people sewed into it to make it happen. But we did 48 hours of teaching over six or seven days. But these guys set up until midnight every day to receive. That's how hungry they are. You know, we didn't start teaching. They were very gracious to us, and they allowed us to start at, at 4 p.m. their time, which was 8 a.m. our time, and we taught until 4 p.m. our time, which was midnight their time. By the end, if you had the last lesson at the end of the day, they were kind of nodding off because they had just eaten dinner. But, you know, God just, the reports I've gotten back are just incredible what God did through this whole process. So I thank you all that helped out. I thank you, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Continue to work through those pastors, those men and women of God that, that, that received and, and, and filled them up to overflowing, that you would flow out through that land. There's such a need there, and, and we're just excited to be a part of that. So that was, that was in December, and, and that was only the beginning of December, right? December 22nd. Anybody remember what was going on December 22nd, 21st? What, was it, what happened? The star, right? So one of our daughters moved to Colorado, one of, and another one already lives there. And the one that already lived there had, a, had a, our um, eighth grandchild was born in December, on December 22nd at 2.22 a.m. in the morning under the star. That's pretty cool. I'm excited about it. I don't, Violet Grace, I don't know what God has in store for her, but he's already lined up the stars just for her. I'm a proud grandpa, too. And that's how I see it. You know, he did it just for her. If he didn't do it for the rest of us, he did it just so that she would be under that star when she was born. Amen? 
And, and you need to look at it the same way if it was your child or your grandchild or, or whatever, you know. God lined it up just for you. He's special and you're special to him. And that's what we need to have folks understand, that that's where his heart is. That we get to tell folks that he loves them so much and he cares for them. And, and we're still in December, right? So then, in, in, no, we're not in January yet. The end of December, my wife's book gets published. And you can now get it on Amazon. I don't think it's, it's available in print yet. She's got some ordered. But I'm excited about that. And I'm a proud husband also. And I think we're allowed. We're, we're that, you know, there's, there's bad pride that can creep into us. But there's, there's also good pride. And, 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 and I have some good pride. And, hmm? Uh, David's story. Yes, it's, named, it's after my son David, and, and it's his story, and, and it's, I'm going to embarrass him right now, but it's, it's a cool story. If, you better get a box of tissues if you're going to read it, though, because it's, it's, it's one of those. But it's, it's a true story. What, what do they call it? Creative nonfiction. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's factual. It's what really happened, but some of the things you don't know. So, so uh, she was creative and, and added those things in. So it's a really cool story. I, I encourage you, if you can, to, to get it and, and read it. Not that I'm, I'm just proud of my wife for, for doing it. And it's been a long time. It's been published, gosh, I think in 2015 it was published in Mongolia because it was really a story for the Mongolian people. But God's encouraged her to, to publish it in English and, and to release it here. So she's been faithful to do that and God lined up the right people to to help us be able to do that and, and make it happen so we're I'm excited about that too but back to my my son in this this letter to the um, Philadelphia Inquirer and, and, and what's come out of that um, I, I'm just it's a good letter and, and I'm excited I, I, I love my son I, I love what he was inspired because he wasn't able to come oh I almost forgot in November, we, got, we celebrated Thanksgiving like everyone else with, with family and friends. But we, uh, we also celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary. So we're, you know, I'm just, imagine that. Somebody put up with me for 40 years. I love my wife. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it, but it was a struggle. We, we wanted our family. We have nine kids. We wanted as many of them as possible to come in to help us celebrate. And, you know, we had some that were able to make it, but this son from Philadelphia, he and his wife were, because of the situation with the school their kids are in, if they brought their kids here, they wouldn't be able to go back into school for two weeks. And, and because of the, as I said, my, my grandson is a bit active, um, they, they felt that that wasn't going to work for his education to pull him out that way and, and then put him back in. So, it, you know, and, and it, it bothered him, but he was willing to make that sacrifice. But then at the same time, he's, he's reading all these stories about all these politicians that are making these rules that are, are telling you you can't go see your family for the holidays from the airport as they're getting on planes to go or go, go, going out to dinner and, and all of this stuff. And, and what he saw was a systematic, uh, uh, how, how do you say that word? Sys systemic, thank you so much. Systemic failure of leadership in this land at this time. And, and he did it really nicely. I mean, he, my son, if you know him, can be gruff and, and can be to the point and a little bit too direct at times and hurt people's feelings and, and whatnot. But he said it in such a nice way, in such an incredible way, that from that letter, he's had people reach out to him from both sides of the political offer, aisle and offer to help him step into politics. 
he, he happens to be an attorney in Philadelphia, so you know, it, it, it's just, I, he, I talked to him until 1 o'clock this morning uh, about what that looks like, and, and he's, he's actually got to move to a different location to be in the district that's the same district that he was raised in, where he went to school, where he went to college, but he, but he feels like there's a, a, an incredible opportunity. And, and um, I, I just pray for him, I bless him, and, and whether he does it or not, I'm, I'm a proud father. I really am. 2020 was not a bad year, folks. You, you might need to, and, and I'm, I, I hope I'm not saying this in, in, a, in a way that's, that's coming across like I'm bragging or something else here. I, I want you to understand, look at your life. Look at what's gone on in your life. Yes, there may have been some, some hard things, some, some hardships that took place, but God was good. You're still here. Whether you're here in person or online, you're still here. God has walked you through it. He's protected you. He's kept his angels around about you. And he's going to continue to do that through 2021. No matter what they say is happening. I know some of us are, are going to uh, D.C. I think there's even a chance I might get to go up there. I don't know that I want to go up there. I'm not a huge crowd person. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting how God is playing all of those things out. And, and I, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. But I, I am going to have to touch. I, I don't like going on to political stuff. It's just not, it's just been a year of politics that I, I don't want to go through. And one of the, the political things that, that was happening at the, at the end of December there was, or the beginning of December, I forget the date, middle of December, was this whole Supreme Court case. And right at that time, I mean, I wasn't focused on that. I, I, I would hear about it, but it wasn't something that was, that was big to me. But I, I, we were having a lot of guests that were telling me about dreams and, and visions and, and stuff that they were having. And, and I'm like, man, God, I'm here all the time, and, and I'm not getting these dreams. <laughs> what, what's that about, Jesus? And, you know, as soon, God is so faithful. As soon as I prayed that prayer, that night I had a dream. And, you know, you think, wow, that's cool, right? God answered my prayer and gave me a dream immediately. And I'm like, man, that was an ugly dream. That was not pretty. It was literally the night before the Supreme Court ruled. And I, I like that night before I went to bed, I guess I, I'd heard on the news that all these states had joined Texas in that, in that uh, lawsuit. And, and, you know, I thought that was a good thing, right? And, and I'm, I'm sure most of you did, and, but I didn't know. So in, in the dream, I, I kind of saw this, and, and it was these boxes of all of those states. Every one of those states was represented. And I was there with, with someone that's familiar with me, that I'm familiar with. So we know what that means, right? When, we, when we're looking at dream interpretation, it's, it's Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit's there in the dream. And I said, man, do you see this? Do you see these boxes? Do you see these these, uh, uh, all these states that are lining up. This, this has got to be good stuff, right? This is good things. And I'm excited about it. And immediately that familiar person said to me, yeah, but I talked to the coroner and those are coffins. And I woke up. And that was not a cool dream, Jesus. Thank you for giving me a dream, but that didn't seem like a very cool dream. And, and I didn't even know it until very late the next evening that, that the Supreme Court had denied taking that case. And, and, and I, I just thought, well, I didn't like the dream, but obviously it was spot on, right? So, so that's what I'm, I'm thinking about, and, and I'm going through this, and I'm like, 
Holy Spirit, what's that mean? What's this about? And, you know, I'm one of these guys that I, I get stuck places sometimes. I, I just can't leave where God plants me until I get everything that he's got out of it. And, and if you know me, if you've been part of any of my uh, Bible classes or anything, you know I've been stuck in the Old Testament prophets. Specifically, I've been stuck in Haggai for a long time. And, and Holy Spirit is talking to me about this dream, and, and I'm like, okay, what's, what's, this, what's this mean? And Holy Spirit says, go back and look at Haggai again. And I'm like, if I talk about Haggai one more time, people are going to kick me and tell me how boring I've become because I get stuck in this thing. And, and you know, honestly, I, I don't know, has this happened to anybody else? You get stuck in places like that in Scripture? You know, good, because now I'm, I, I like to see those hands because it makes me feel better that my head isn't the only one that's so thick that God needs to stick us there for a year and a half to beat it through our skulls so we understand what it means. And, and here's the deal, folks. This is what God was showing me in, in Haggai. And we probably should turn there if I could find my glasses. I know I had them when I came up here. Anybody see what I do with my glasses? Are they over there? Oh, I got them. Oh, you know what I need is that bottle of water. Can you toss me that? Thank you, Labrada. Sorry about that for you that are online. Let's look at Haggai quick again. Actually, we might want to even keep our finger in Ezra. See, I told you it was going to be a 10-minute sermon, but I'm going to fill the time of God's word. Isn't that a pretty good thing? Is that a bad thing? In, in Ezra, we see what's happening, and, and I, I'm going to paint a real quick back picture here, so, because I, some of you may have not had to be bored by me talking about Haggai before, so I'm going to refresh you. In, in Haggai, the, the Israelites, God's people, have been returned, some of them have been returned from exile in, in uh, uh, Babylon, they were drug away by Babylon, but the, the Babylonians have been conquered by the Persians, and now they're getting to come back. It's been 70 years. They knew because they heard the prophetic word from uh, all the prophets that they were going to return in 70 years, and, and that's the, the picture where we land in, in Ezra. So Ezra, Nehemiah, Haggai, and uh, Zechariah, all those guys, same time period. They're all talking about the same time period as you read your word. So um, they, they, they're back, and as they've come back, Joshua is, is the high priest. Joshua has, was never the high priest in exile. He was never the high priest before they left. His grandfather was the high priest when they were taken into exile. His father raised him up that he would be the high priest on their return because it was in the lineage, it was the line, it was the way it was supposed to go, and, and that's how it was. And, you know, again, I'm going to say, train up your children. Train up your, what you speak over your children is so important. Train up your grandchildren. If you missed it with your children, find a spiritual son or daughter to speak to and talk into their lives. If you can't find one of those, talk to the clerk at Walmart. It doesn't matter. Speak into somebody's life. Speak positive. Speak the glory of God into their life. Let them know that Jesus is watching over them. Wherever you're at, whatever your walk is, your walk might be different to mine. You might be going into Costco or Target instead of Walmart. I'm stuck in Walmart most of the time. Go where God takes you, and but take his, his glory, his power, and, and speak it over somebody. And, and that's what... what uh, Joshua's father had been doing, and, and then he sent, and he gets sent back with this other guy, 
I love this name, Zerubbabel. Can we say that name? Zerubbabel. Kind of rolls off your tongue, doesn't it? It's a cool guy. Zerubbabel is, is the kind of political leader in, in Jerusalem at that time. And, and you know, again, it's, it's just a really neat thing that, that happens that, that we kind of flip over right there. Zerubbabel is, is the, the Jewish leader appointed by Persia to oversee Jerusalem in the land at that time. But he is actually in the line of David. He's actually the last Davidic ruler over Jerusalem in history. Is that cool or what? That's what's happening here, folks. That's, that's the, you know, and, and I, I, my head's still thick. I don't think I have the real grasp of what that means, of how important that might be, you know, and what that looks like in, in today's society. Okay, so um, Ezra's bringing the people back, and, and they have a, a shortage of, of priests, of, of uh, priestly leaders, of Levites. There's this shortage, and, and he's got to actually, they go and they recruit to get more leaders to come back. Isn't that an interesting thing? You know, and, and here, here's what, you know, the way I learned, and, and, you know, maybe there's a lot of people that are smarter than me, that are more theological than me, that can tell you a better way, a smarter way to do this. But the way my mentors taught me to study God's word was to look for the red thread of Jesus in, in every verse, every chapter, every line upon line in the, in the word. So that's what I try to do. But then, then the next step is to take those red threads of Jesus and relate it to the folks and what they're going through, the culture of the land at the time. And, and you know, when, when you're in missions, like my wife and I are, it, it's important. You, you need to recognize the culture of the land. You can't go in with your American culture and try to change things unless you can relate to the culture in the land at that time. So we need to understand the culture at the time of, of uh, the, the return. That when they're coming back from exile, we need to understand the economic situation. 70% of the population of the land is not coming back. They've either been killed or moved to another location, and they're not coming back. How many people live in, in uh, Wilkes County, Jerry, do you know? 68,000. 68, so 70% would leave what? 10,000 people in the county? So... Look around you. Seven out of ten wouldn't, or, or seven out of ten wouldn't be here. Now, did I say that right? Seventy percent—that would be ninety percent. Seven out of ten would be. Is it right? Okay. Sorry, my math is—I was up too late last night. Okay, so that—that's the situation, and and economically things are ugly. You know, we. It, it's easy to relate to some of the, the situations that we've gone through. You know, I was in business for 20 years, and we got to follow the ups and downs of the economy. You know, the, the, one of the things I learned in business is anybody can, can survive in business in a good year, but can you survive in the down year? And these folks came back to the down year. They've moved back, and there's, there's not, not enough food, there's no money, there, you know, and, and there's not even people. There, there's just, it's, it's kind of rough. They, they, uh, in, in Ezra 4, 1 through 5, it, it, it explains about how um, the, the, the locals try to stop them from doing what God has sent them back there to do. 
The, the Persians have told them, go back and, and rebuild the temple. Renew your sacrifices. We'll get into those in a minute, but here, here's the thing. They're, they're sent back to do that, and first, the, the, and, and how, many of you, how many of you have, have had this happen to you in your life? The locals, meaning somebody you know to some degree, comes up and offers to help. And, and you recognize that maybe this person doesn't have good intentions. So you say thank you very politely, but no thank you. Um, I think I'll do this myself. Or whatever way you go about doing that, whatever that looks like. I've had this happen in my life. You know, I, I, in different projects that I've done in my life, there's been times where folks have come along to want to help, and I recognize that they're not supposed to be there, and I say, thank you very much, I can't afford you, or whatever the situation is, and I go about it myself. But then immediately, these locals from the north, from Samaria, who, what, the, the reason they're, they're recognizing that they're not supposed to have them help is because they're serving other gods. They might be serving your god, but they're serving other gods also. And because of this, those folks from the north immediately, now that they can't help, turn around and they go tell the officials, well, look what these guys are doing. Can you make them stop? They sound like 10-year-old kids, don't they? Right? Sound like my, my grandkids when, we, when they open up their Christmas presents. Come on, folks. Recognize this stuff. And, and you know, it, but instead of... Yeah, I, I'm going to put some heat on the Israelites. Instead of saying, no, no, that's not right, and fighting it and, and continuing to work, guess what happens? They get a letter back from the king, and, and so they stop. And, and if you follow along and try to, and, and I'm not a good enough teacher, I guess, to show you those timelines, but it's like 15 to 20 years that they stop working on the temple. Anybody here in, in, in the building industry that ever laid a foundation and let it sit for 20 years? What happens? Time 20 years are up, it's deteriorated. The weather's gotten in there. You know, it needs, you've got to start completely over again. The, the, the weather has, has destroyed it. So after 15 or 20 years, then all of a sudden these guys, these prophets of God, show back up on the scene. Ezra, Nehemiah, Haggai, Zechariah, they're back, and they're going to encourage the people to get back to work. And, and, and they... They send a letter to the, to the new king, to, to Darius, and, and have him check the situation out. Why didn't they do that 20 years before? Why did they stop and wait 20 years? Remember what I said? We, we got to look at the culture in the time, but then we also need to look at the culture in our land and the culture in what we've gone through. Why, why, why did we put up with abortion for 20 years? Why, why did we put up with, with some of these uh, um, things in our land that, that we should have stomped out? You know, all, we, we needed to fight it sooner, folks. We needed to get on it and beat things up, and, and we let it lie. We let it fester. We, we let it get ugly, and that's on us. It's on us. You know, I... I, I, I Somebody, uh, we, somebody spoke, and, and, and I don't even know if it was here or somewhere else to mention this that, that I caught, that, that really kind of impacted me. Because, you know, it, in, in God's kingdom, there's, there's a, uh, a leadership way of, of doing things. There's a right way of doing things. There's, there's a, uh, an order 
to things. And we don't have authority over certain things. Right? My, my wife and I learned this um, in, in one of our first forays, if you will, into the supernatural uh, ministry. Uh, we, we were in Brazil. We, we uh, were at a huge conference with, with Randy Clark. And, and um, we, we prayed for people, saw all kinds of crazy healings and things going on. But the craziest thing of all was, was one night I, I prayed for this gentleman um, for a sore throat. He gets healed from the sore throat. Didn't know what that meant. Turns out that it wasn't just his throat. His ear was healed. He'd had cancer and done chemo. And, and, and the next night he comes and he, and, he, and he insists on finding an interpreter telling me what, what had happened. And, and he tells me that he had cancer. And that, that second night was the first night he'd been able to raise his voice and praise Jesus in, in five years or whatever since he had been diagnosed with cancer. He had just completely lost his voice and God healed him. And, and, but he wanted me to meet his family. So he brings his family over, and, and this one child is really small, but he's, he's like 12 years old, but he looks like a seven or eight year old. And, and he, he wants, us, wants me to pray for this child to grow. And I'm thinking, I, I don't you know, maybe you folks are, are in, at a different level than I am, but I'm, I'm thinking, you know, fella, this is way over my pay grade. I, I thought you had a sore throat and I prayed for it. If I didn't know you had cancer, I would have probably been scared to death then but I didn't have an interpreter, so I didn't know. And that's how God will use us sometimes to, to give us the, the, the boldness to step into this stuff. But the crazy thing was, my wife and this other gentleman that was on the trip with us were talking on the bus how they'd been at a conference and seen this uh, leader pray over a young girl and watched her grow. And, and that just sparked my, my faith there. So I, I said, you know, not my faith, let me grab those two. So I grabbed my wife and this other gentleman and, and brought him over, and we prayed for this young man. And right there on the spot, this, this child grew five or six inches. And that's really cool, right? I mean, I, praise God. Amen. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's what it's about. And, and, and this child grew, and, and, you know, and, and that kind of stuff impacts you, not just in that moment, but later on, too. So we, we get home, and, and our son David is, has had some health issues, and, and you know what? He's short. He's like five or six inches behind where he's supposed to be. And we're like, God's not a respecter of persons or places. Let's pray for him. And, and honestly, what happened is, is we have this kind of dark corner where there's a wooden cabinet where we had marked uh, on the frame there uh, when some of our children were growing. And, and we start praying over our son. And, and my wife is, you know how you do it? You put the pencil on their head and you're trying to do this. And, and it was late in the evening, and, and our eyesight isn't as good as it used to be. And she's drawing this line, and, and she can't see the line. And we're praying, and we're like frustrated, and it seems like nothing's happening, right? The next day, we come downstairs, and, and right where that is is a big window, and, and we open the shade. And, and what you see is the pencil line goes like this. We couldn't see it, but the whole time we're praying, our son was growing. And, and God is so good, that, you know, and, and awesome testimony, right? That's not my point. My point is, a couple weeks later, he tells his friend how we prayed for him and he grew. And, and his friend wants to be taller. He wants to be a basketball player. So, so he has his, fr his friend comes over and says, can, Mr. and Mrs. Brown, can you, can you guys pray for me and make me grow? And we're like, God's not a respecter of persons and places. Sure, uh, um, we'll, we'll pray for you. And, and we pray for this young man. 
And, you know, it's daylight and we can see the pencil line and nothing happens. And, and now we're like, God, what's that about? We're frustrated. How come this happened? I don't even know why I'm telling you this story. Oh, I know. The point is, this child is also an adopted child. And we, he's not our child, though. He's adopted by someone else. We don't have authority over him. My wife asked God, why did this child not grow? And that's the revelation that he gave her. There are certain things in our life that we don't have authority over. We can pray for them, and that's a good thing. But if it doesn't happen, it's, it, it might be because we don't have authority in certain areas. We didn't have authority. So now i got to figure out where I was at. How does that relate to Zerubbabel? <laughs> okay. The, 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 the Israelites, they, they didn't go back and, and, and retrieve their authority. But then they finally did, 20 years later, and they go back and they start back to work. And Darius decrees that not only are they to get back to work on the temple, but they are to um, be given money, even from those same nasty people that made them stop. Don't you love it when God turns something around like that 100%? That is just, I, I can't, to me, that, that's just, can, can you relate to that? Aren't you excited when, when, when the enemy tries to come and use somebody or some situation to attack you and God turns it into good? Isn't that awesome? It just, you know, we've got to remember to praise God in those times. It might only seem like a little thing. It might only seem like, you know, you, my daughter just had a thing. She had a, has a new car, but she got a, a, um, a flat tire, and, and she was all upset that she's got a flat tire. And she goes to the garage, and the garage is associated somehow with the, uh, the dealership, and they fix the tire for free. You know, just little things. We've got to praise God in those little things. You know, and we made a point of pointing out to her, you've got favor, honey. You've got to recognize that you've got God is watching over you. And we need to encourage our kids and our, our grandkids and, and our associates or whoever your friends are, whatever. It doesn't matter whether they're a believer and following Jesus the way you think they should be or not. We need to encourage them that God is watching over them, that he's got his hand over their lives. And, and you know, a little thing like a, a, a nail and a tire, God will use that. We've got to look at the positive and, and point that out and, and encourage them in it, right? Amen. So Darius has, has done this. Uh, um, they, they bring that new decree back, and they come back, and immediately they recognize that they got this whole other problem going on. Not only did they have to deal with these people that had other gods, and they come back, Ezra comes back, and now we've got these mixed marriages. Do you, do you think God's against mixed marriages? He's not. He's not at all. The, the mix problem here wasn't the mar- that, the, that they were uh, uh, Samaritans or, or, or from different areas or, or, or different lines of people. The problem was that they're serving other gods. And not only that, the situation in, in Jerusalem at that time was so bad that some of these people had, first of all, there's many men that came back without wives and there's no wives, to, there's no place to go but to the outsiders. And, 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 and the outsiders are not converting. That's the problem before they marry them. So now they're being influenced by these other gods. And, and, and then it, it gets even, it's even uglier if you dig into it, what happens. They, they, many of these 
men that have come back because they, the Samaritans won't do business with them because they're Israelites and they're mad at them unless they marry a Samaritan woman. So they're divorcing their own wives to, to marry a Samaritan woman to do business and other cultures too, not just the Samaritans. So this is, is kind of a, a, a screwed up scene, don't you think? I mean, I think we could even recognize that. And, and you look at it, and, and what takes place is, sounds like kind of harsh. And they, they, they make, now some of them have even had children with these foreign wives, and they make them kick out the, the children and the wives. And, and you know, but it's, it's important that we kick out some of those things in our lives. You know, if you're, uh, um, how do I say this? If you're, if you're walking with something and, and it's causing you to take your eye off of God, maybe you've got to kick it out of your life. Um, I'm going to pick on my young friend over here for a second. He, he's sharing with me, this young man, 16 years old, sharing with me last night how he, he, he bought this awesome car. He showed me a picture. And God bless you. I don't, I don't, I don't mean to. I, I want you to use it in the right way, son. I, I really do. But at, at a certain point... If, if that car is more of a focus in his life than Jesus, maybe he needs to sell the car. And, and now he can use that car to serve Jesus. He can serve him really fast, too, because it's a cool car. <laughs> right? So it's, it's how we go about it. But if, if, if there's something in your life, whether it's, it's your car or your cell phone, I, I, I'm going to take some heat myself right now. I got my cell phone right here in my pocket. You know what I had to do? This was my first New Year's resolution. I took Facebook off my cell phone. I can still go on it. I can still check Facebook Marketplace, which is what I mostly did with Facebook, because I like to look at used tools and used cars and stuff, you know, but it was sucking my time. I couldn't discipline myself to stop doing it. So I had to take it off my phone. Is that one of those marriages in my life? I think so. I needed to get rid of that marriage. Do you have a marriage in your life that you need to get rid of? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not doing that. I'm judging myself. But we've got to get our focus back. We've got to get our focus, our eyes back on Jesus, folks. We've got to make that our priority. And if there's something that's keeping you from doing that, from having Jesus as your priority, maybe you need to get rid of it. You know? Maybe you don't need to sell the car. Maybe you just need to park it and, and walk for a while. Or maybe you don't need to take it off your, you know, to, to if I felt strongly about it, I, I would delete it completely from my computer. But I, I just felt it was from my phone that was causing the problem. So that's the way I reacted. You react in your life how you need to react, how God leads you. So I'm going to move forward back into Haggai again. Haggai 1. And, and he comes and he says, now is the time to get back to work, to rebuild the temple. Um, they, they'd gone through this thing where they, where they were planting, and, and as much as they planted, they'd think they were going to have a harvest of, of 100 bushels, and, and they'd get 20. They thought they were going to have 50 gallons of wine, and, and they'd have 10. You know, everything they did, they'd put money in their purses or their pockets, and, and they would have holes in their pockets, and they would lose that money. You know, even if they, they were prosperous, they still would lose it. Inflation or whatever would take it over, and, and, and it was like the money was not even there. It's gone. Can we relate to that? You know, we, we worked hard. We had three good years, and, and, and we hit 2020, and, and anything that, that 
folks had got sucked out of their pocket to cover the rent because they couldn't go to work anymore. Things happen, folks. And, and, and this is what's gone on in the land. We need to take those cultural things, the, the, the political, financial world at that time, and relate it to ours. What does it look like? How does it compare? And, and how do, do, the, do the Israelites, what, what do the Israelites represent? God's people. Or who's God's people t- today? We better be, right? God's dealing with them. Do you think he wants to deal with us? Hmm. He's got to. We've got to be dealt with. We've got stuff that we're not supposed to have. They put clothes on and they're still cold. They eat food and they're still hungry. They drink and they're still thirsty. Have we suffered some of that this year? Have we gone through some of these things in our life? Where, where we, things, we, we think we're doing good and we think things are going well and, and, and at the end of the day, you know, then you get a flat tire that you have to pay for and, and there goes 200 bucks and you're, you're back to where you started from. Whatever it is in your life, I, I don't know, I can only speak from my own experience. You know, and, and, and then uh, in, in Haggai, in chapter two, he talks about this holiness thing. Wow, got quiet in here. <laughs> this whole deal with holiness. You know, he says to the, to the Haggai asked the, the priest, if, if you've got something holy and you touch it to something that's unclean, what happens? It becomes unclean. But if you've got something that's unclean and you touch it against something that's holy, what happens? No, it doesn't become holy. It has to take, it's not, if it happens on an accident, it's not, it, it's not, it does not become holy. It takes an intentional act. We have to intentionally act. We can't accidentally show up at church and, 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 and hear a good sermon and become holy. And, and I'm talking to myself. Maybe I should face the other way. I, I, I can't uh, um, have guests in my cabin that are holy and become holy. It takes an intentional act on my part. And it goes for all of us, I think. I hope. I hope I'm not just talking to myself this morning. We've got to take an intentional act. Um, and, and, I, and I skipped one here. In, in, in Haggai 1.15, we see that the folks get back to work. They, they, and, and we have to understand that in that time, in order to get material, they didn't just run to Lowe's or Home Depot down the road and grab material and get back to work on, on the, the uh, temple. They, they had to go and, and, and send out across the river and, and, uh, and to foreign nations to get the lumber they needed and the material they needed and, and, and bring it back and, and get to work. But we see in this story that these folks did it within three weeks. They went and got the material and got back to rebuilding that temple in three weeks. Are we, are we willing to get back to rebuilding the temple? Yeah. What's our temple? Our temple is, is our body, but it's, it represents our relationship. It's a personal relationship. Yeah? We, we need to get back to rebuilding it. Is it going to take us three weeks, three months, three years? What's it going to take for us to get back? 
What does that look like to get back to work on, on cleaning up our temple? You know, it, it, for these folks, it was three weeks is an amazing time because they had to go get the material. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go off uh, on a rabbit trail for a second. Maybe you think I've been on a rabbit trail all morning. A few years ago, my wife and I were blessed to travel to Moldova to, to go and minister with some folks there, and it was really cool. We, we got to, to minister in, in a theater that was built by the communist to uh, spread propaganda against the church, and we got to minister there on that st same stage that they used for propaganda for communism and, and preach the gospel of Jesus and see people get healed and saved and set free. But at the same time on that trip, at one, day, one day they took us to this, this church that was built in, uh, if I remember right, late 70s, early 80s. And you think, well, that's not that long ago. It's, you know, it's a pretty nice facility. You know, it's a nice church. But then they explained the story behind the church. It was during the, the uh, time that, that Moldova was part of the USSR, part of the, the, the Russian... Uh, overreach and, and religious worship was not allowed and that's when this church was built but the way it happened in order for them to build it the government decreed that they could build it but they could not use any uh, material or equipment they couldn't have cranes come in this is a pretty big church to set the beams or anything they had to do if they were going to do it they had to do it all by hand and they weren't allowed to buy bulk amounts of any kind of material so somehow, through the Holy Spirit, guys, it got out to all of Russia, all of the USSR. And what happened was these people started coming, these believers started coming, because there was no church anywhere. We're crying about not being able to have church and having to wear masks and, and, and a silly little virus. These guys were living it. They were not allowed to have church anywhere in the whole land. USSR is a big country, and, and these people were not allowed to worship any place. But through the Holy Spirit, they find out that over in Moldova, the government has allowed them to, to build a church there. So what did the believers do? Are we willing to do this? This is, how, this is how it went, guys. Folks would not bring food. They were only allowed to carry so many bags on the train, so they would bring bricks in their bags to go and work on the building with no food. They didn't have bags for food. They had to fill their bags with bricks and mortar that they brought to build this church in Moldova during the, the, the communist regime uh, the, during that time. Are we willing to carry bricks to build the church do we even need bricks guys what does it look like in our life today are, are we willing to fast a couple of days and, and and go for it are we willing to go in prayer and get deeper with jesus so that we can rebuild the temple outside of the walls of the church are we willing to go down low so that we can lift him up high can we carry the bricks can we carry the mortar in our bags you know, when we go into, into countries and we're allowed to bring a certain amount of bags, we, we always bring stuff for, to, to bless the folks with. You, you guys have done it. You know what I'm talking about. And you carry stuff. But what if we've got to carry the stuff in our bags and go out into the street and, and rebuild the temple in people's bodies and minds and hearts here in America? What if we need to use that in our culture, in our day, in, in, in a different way? What does it look like? Do we have the creative mind to figure out what that looks like? 
you know, I, I just, when we get done, I'm going to pray for you to all get that creative mind of how to do that. How to, what's a brick look like today to carry out and, and, and take into the land to, to bring the nation back to where it needs to be, to bring the, the children of God back to where they need to be. Um, I, don't, I thought I had it marked down here. Uh, in, in verse 2, in, 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 I'm sorry, in, in verse 1 in chapter 2 of Haggai, the, the people that were old enough that, that lived, uh, that were children at the time the old temple was destroyed, but they saw it before it was destroyed, are seeing the size and what they're building in the new temple, and they cry because it's, it's, there's no comparison of the former glory. There's no, there's no comparison to the former glory. At the same time, Haggai tells them when, when they get started back after three weeks and they start back on rebuilding the temple, Haggai tells them, this is cool, folks. He tells them on this day, not when it's finished, on this day, when you will take the time to dedicate yourself to rebuilding that temple, on this day, that very day, that moment, God will shake the earth and fill their vats. He'll, he'll prosper their crops. He'll prosper the work of their hands on that day. Not when it's finished, not when they're half done. On that day, he begins, folks. We've got to focus on the good stuff. If we will do this thing on that day, if we will do this this day, then he will shake the earth. What's, what's, that, what's that whole line mean? He will shake the earth. What, is, what does that mean? Well, in that culture, shake the earth meant a manifestation of God. A manifestation in a new way of Father God. Are you ready for a new manifestation of God in your life today? It's 2021. We've gone out with the old and in with the new. I'm ready for a new manifestation. Are you willing to do what it takes to, for him to shake the earth this day, not tomorrow, this day, to get started on it? Will you do it this day so that he can shake the earth and manifest himself in another way, in a new way? That was the culture of the time. They understood that that shaking of the earth, that's what it meant. When God said he will shake things, and it's right there, he's, if you shake things... He will manifest himself then. So I'm, remember, I'm, this is all about this silly dream I had. And, and I'm like, Father, what does that mean? And, and, and what does all of this mean? And, and we all know the rest of the story in, in 2.23 there. It, it goes into the whole thing where, where Haggai tells Zerubbabel and, and, and Joshua that, that if you do this thing, if you rebuild the temple, I will make you my signet ring. And we understand there's different signets. The signet ring that he's talking about is this personal ring. It is a personal giving of, of authority. You know, in, in that day, servants, a good servant could be given the signet ring and, and be allowed to have the signet ring of the master because he trusted him. And what that servant stamped with that signet ring was as good as the, the master saying it, and it was to be done according to the master's uh, uh, point of responsibility or, or his finances or whatever it was. It was done. That was it, right? So here's Haggai telling Zerubbabel and Joshua, if you will do this thing, I will make, God is saying this to them through Haggai, I will make you my signet ring. What you say over your grandchildren, what you speak over your children, 
as long as it lines up with God's word and follows suit with that, it will be. So today I speak over my children, God's blessing and, and his fruit in their lives. Even if they're not where I think they should be with Jesus, Lord, I know you can touch them. And I speak that for your children and those of you listening online. Father, I just speak that this day over all of these children, that they would be children of the Most High God. That you've got your eye on them, Jesus. You care about every one of them. You care about every one of us. And I release that. Thank you, Father. And those of you who know me know I've been stuck on that. And, I'm, and that's just really uh, um, given me a kind of a, it's become my favorite scripture in, in, in life and in, in how I look at things. But I'm asking God from this silly dream, what does that look like? What, what, what is, you know, I, I, and he's saying, go back and read over it. And, and what he's saying to us, folks, is if we want to see financial, political revival in the land first on this day, we must renew our relationship. We must repent. They are God's people. This is not the unbeliever. These are, the, these are God's people. We are God's people. On this day, we need to repent. I need to repent. We all need to repent. If we will do this, and, and I, I love the prophets that we have in the land. I love that we're living in a time where the charismatic movement is, is in the forefront, and we have prophets speaking things over the land. But sometimes I love them all, and, and I don't want to be critical of them, because this is not a place of, of, of being critical here where I'm at today. But it, it, it's, I, we need to encourage them. I, I, I think they're, they're, they're putting too much focus on, on, on the things that they're seeing in the land and not putting any of the focus and the responsibility back onto us as believers. I'm not saying they didn't get that word from God. I'm saying they're not focusing on it enough, or maybe I'm just not hearing it. Maybe it's me. Maybe you all heard it, and you've all repented and, and been before the Lord for the entire, uh, entirety of the, of the last four years, but I haven't. For me, I recognize that in order for this move of God, for this manifestation, for this shaking to happen in the land, we've got to shake ourselves first. It's got to start with us. We've got to get our heart in a place that's right. Not the non-believer. Yes, we can affect them in the world. We can shine his light through us on them, but we've got to start with us. So can we pray together this morning? And I still did get done three minutes early. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's a good thing he didn't give me 10 minutes. He'd have probably stolen Mike from me, right? Thank you, Pastor. Let's repent. Can we do that, folks? It's a simple message. It's not deep theologically. It's very simple. In order for the, the, the change, for the manifestation of God in the land to happen today, it's got to start with us. We've got to repent. Can we say this together? Father, I thank you that you love and care for us. And Jesus, we just repent right now of all of the things in our lives that, that have caused us stumbling blocks. Thank you for forgiving us, Jesus. Say it with me, folks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross. We repent of anything that we've allowed in our lives that has come before you, Jesus. Help us to turn from those things and turn to you. 
that you will shake this land. You will shake us as people and manifest yourself in a new and mighty way. Thank you, Father, that you will do it according to your word. Amen. Amen. You know, I've, I've come to a point of, um, you know, we, we, we repent when we get saved and we turn from things that we were doing. But I've, I've come to a point that, that I, I find myself repenting daily, sometimes hourly. It's sad to say, but we need to, we need to get there. You know, it's, and it's taken me uh, a year and a half, almost two years of being stuck into Haggai to get to understand it. So, so thank you for bearing with me this morning. Thank you for understanding as, as we've gone through this. And Lord, we just pray right now, Father, that you will manifest yourself, not just in this church, Father, but in your church, in your kingdom, that you will take it, Lord, and run with it to every nation, every, every uh, believer's heart would get changed and, and repent, and we would see a change in the land. We would see a change in how you manifest yourself in this world. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. And we just ask to light your fire. Light your fire in us and in the land. Not our fire, but your fire. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. As Jerry was saying, you know, it's, it's, we've got to get rid of us and get the Holy Spirit in there. We've, we've got to get to that point where it's not us. And it's been a struggle for me. I, I, I pray that, that God will bless each and every one of you, those of you that are here in person, those of you that are watching online, that 2021, you will see the manifest presence of God more real in your life in ways that you never imagined or dreamed. That he will just pour out his spirit upon you and your loved ones, your friends, your family, those that you don't even know yet. We give you the glory, Jesus. And I speak that over all of you in, in all sincerity. I believe it. I believe I am the signet ring. God has given me the, the uh, opportunity to, to, to pray over so many believers and to encourage. And, and they're not my words, but they're his words that, that have... Um, that, that I've been able to, to release over them, that, that because of that, that this word that I'm speaking over you will manifest. Amen? Amen. Amen. You got something, Mark? Thank you. Um, this morning when we woke up, my husband and I were sitting having our coffee, and the Lord had me read Haggai. <laughs> and I know a person who is building something big for the Lord, and before I left the house... I sent her an email and said, read Haggai chapter 2. Praise God. I did not look at my email this morning or I would have probably been too afraid to preach this message. No, I'm just teasing. But thank you, Margaret. God is wanting to encourage us. He's wanting to encourage us to encourage the believers, to encourage ourselves. And if we do this thing, this makes me really happy. If we do this thing, He's going to manifest himself in a new way. You know, 2020, you know, you can concentrate on the bad things if you want. I choose to look at the good things. And I'm, and I'm believing that 2021 is going to be even better. God has shown us a glimpse of some of the things that he wants to do. And, and if we will do this thing and just take a step of boldness, even when we don't know what it is, and step into it. I don't know your lives 
you, you're not in my walk, but you're, you're in yours. And, and you know what that personal thing is that you need to do. Let the Holy Spirit convict you and give you the boldness to step into it today. Starting today that you would see the manifestation of Jesus in a new way in your life. If it means going to D.C. on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever that is, then go for it. If it means doing something else, then do it. But do it with the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit going with you. And you will see manifestations like you've never believed. Like you never imagined would happen in your life. So right now, I just want to close. Father, I close this, this meeting, Lord. And, and I ask you, Jesus, to go with each and every person. Holy Spirit, watch over them. Send your angels round about to protect them, especially those that have traveled the highways and, and byways to be here. And those that are watching online, put your angels around about them. I know you have enough angels to handle this thing. So do it, Jesus. Send them right now to protect them all, not only from you know the, the things of, of the enemy that, that we're, we're used to having to deal with but this unseen virus lord that you would protect each and every one of us we pray for pastor david and shirley that you would lift them up heal them keep them safe and and all those that are in need physically right now jesus and we know you can do it we've seen you do it so we thank you for for going with us and i just speak blessing over each and every person here today and online for a new manifestation holy spirit we thank you thank you jesus amen amen Oh